0: This is the Who's on the Move SC podcast, and I am your host, Alan Cooper. This interview is with Sam Conduros, the president and CEO of SC Bio. SC Bio is a statewide, not for profit industry association formed to promote, build, and support South Carolina's life sciences industry. The life sciences touch on a lot of industries that are at the forefront of the battle against the coronavirus. Today, we are also gonna learn about several great South Carolina companies and how they are adapting to the challenges and opportunities presented by the pandemic.
1: We are the state's dedicated life sciences, economic development and industry association with this big mission to build, advance, innovate and grow this multifaceted industry. So what makes it interesting in a in a state like South Carolina that has a proud advanced manufacturing heritage and is well known for building some of the best cars and airplanes in the world life science actually happens to be the fastest growing segment now of our innovation economy and it's it's broken into about six different subcategories that are almost industries unto themselves ranging from biotech and pharmaceuticals to medtech and every medical device you can imagine to uh, uh, the fastest growing space in life sciences is now digital health and health IT. When you think about sensors and apps and software and electronic medical record systems and what have you. But it also moves into areas like research, test labs, diagnostics, which is huge during this COVID-19 pandemic. When you think of all the companies that are actually producing COVID-19 PCR test kits, doing antibody testing, et cetera, all in that space. And then even biosciences distribution is a unique area for life sciences because you have to think about how do you, in a cost-effective way, transfer and ship drugs all over the world, guaranteeing that they're efficacious when they arrive, whether it's the entire flu vaccine for the population of Brazil, or whether it's a new million dollar vial of a cancer experimental drug. So, containers and the shipping of containers have to be temperature controlled, monitored, requires a lot of advanced materials. And then, finally, on the far end of that, that spectrum is bioag, which is, gets into all sorts of areas. And really, our bandwidth is more on the human health side. We work closely with the Department of Agriculture, who has great expertise. That's a huge industry in and of itself. Last couple of things I'll say about life sciences that makes it compelling and interesting for a state like South Carolina. It's actually in 43 out of 46 counties. So it's often perceived as being a more metropolitan industry because it is talent demanding. It likes to be near med schools, research universities, major providers, but there are a lot of advanced manufacturers that do very well in our rural counties, bio ag companies. Other last couple of interesting things that I might share now is Life Sciences averages triple the research and development spend of all other industries, including automotive and aerospace. So if you really want a knowledge economy that's fueled by innovation, it's an incredible diversification. And the reason, finally, that that diversification is so important, we had talked a lot before this pandemic about what we believed this industry had that is somewhat unique as as a recession resistance even in tough economies. And that's partly because it's so interwoven with healthcare and healthcare is not going anywhere. And this is the solution provider to healthcare. This has really been demonstrated during this pandemic because while at the low point this spring, when aerospace, unfortunately, was down 77% at one point and automotive based largely on some global supply chain issues was down about 44%, life sciences industry was actually up because the solutions were needed. And when you think of great companies like Nephron Pharmaceuticals in Columbia that produce respiratory therapies that are used as a first-line uh, treatment protocol for COVID patients, they had the, the biggest challenge was how to have as many employees safely working um, as possible.
0: Yeah, and they, they just announced a major expansion here during the pandemic, uh, great, news. great news to hear. I was thinking maybe, Sam, that you could talk a little bit about some specific South Carolina companies that might be operating in, in these sectors that you mentioned that might help define what the what specifically goes on. Like we, we mentioned these things like bioag and biotech and and you have kind of clarified a few like digital health. But maybe maybe talk about a few um, South Carolina success stories. Where are what space are they competing in and uh, to help define these sectors that you talk about?
1: Absolutely. absolutely. So, and I'll, I'll even try to weave in a little bit of the COVID story because so yeah. many of these companies are on the front lines and their value propositions are part of our successful battle with COVID, if you will. So, you know, again, when you talk about pharmaceutical and biotech companies, Nefron is a terrific example there in Colombia. over 500,000 feet, another huge announcement and developing Billions of doses annually of respiratory therapies used all across the country, hundreds of hospitals. But they are also kind of that new face of life sciences because they're really a med tech medical device company, too, because they happen to be the largest producer of nebulizers in the world. So in that case, they are actually creating, designing and, and producing medical devices that are the delivery vehicle for the doses of drugs that they create. And then they are also very data driven and data. When we talk about health, IT, uh, and digital health, it's, it's what's transforming life sciences and healthcare faster than anything. Um, the, uh, the power of bioinformatics and artificial intelligence and what have you. So let's just say neph, whether it's nephron on the biotech pharma side or thorn research, which relocated out of Idaho, and brought their entire operation to Greater Charleston, where they do some of the top science-based nutraceuticals in the world, and very various diagnostics, what have you, um, that would be another great example of a pharma biotech company, if you will. If I shift over to give some examples on the medical device med tech space, and, and, and it can be as simple as the most innovative Band-Aid you've ever seen to literally how to achieve deep brain stimulation through implants in your in your brain, much less knee implants or a new shoulder or what have you. So everything that you can imagine. So a, a couple of classic companies in South Carolina that have been here for a long time, St. Jude, which was acquired by Abbott. So they produce, you know, a, an array of defibrillators and pacemakers, and what's cool is they not only are a prolific producer of those products, but they have one of the top innovation teams in the country that have uh, tens of patents and a lot of the design behind that. Um, Arthrex, which recently located a massive new campus in Anderson County, they are a company that's headquartered in Naples, Florida, But they are known as kind of being, uh, you know, in a state that's well-known for BMWs and and Mercedes-Benz and Volvo. This would be kind of the the BMW of surgical implants, excuse me, surgical instruments and implants. um, Incredible portfolio of products and uh, well-known and revered by surgeons all over the world who like to utilize it. They, in fact, are, are a company that at any given time has probably about 2,000 new novel ideas in their pipeline that they are very successful at moving rapidly from a concept all the way to commercialization and get them to the bedside in, in record-breaking time. So we're lucky that we've got some really what I'll call restless technology companies that are pushing the envelope. Maybe a couple more that I'll mention, you know, I'm I'm at Vicor Scientific right now in Charleston. We just had a great meeting and the Lieutenant Governor, who's trying to get to know a lot of these companies, was was walking around. So they are a prolific diagnostics company that can do a COVID-only PCR test for any patient or person in the state that wants to be tested. But one of the unique things that they do in a very world-class laboratory facility here is they have a diagnostic test that... At one time, rather than just testing for COVID, they can test for at least 39 other pathogens concurrently, whether it be for TB or any other viral or bacterial infection. So a clinician would know at one time if you had a patient that was having a kind of a complex diagnosis and you wanted to know everything that was going on very efficiently with one test. It also tests for antibiotic resistance, which is becoming a big issue where many of us have grown resistant to augmentin or erythromycin or something. And so to make sure that a clinician is not providing an antibiotic as your prescription that you are resistant to. So again, very, very leading edge. Um, A company called Vitalink Research headquartered in Greenville is one of the top clinical trials research companies I would say in the country. And just again, for pure relevance, they're, currently in the process of enrolling over 2,000 people in South Carolina who are doing the Moderna COVID vaccine study to determine, again, efficacy and any issues with that. So that's it's pretty exciting that a lot of these activities are happening right in South Carolina. And if I stay on this story for a minute, I'll talk Mm -hmm. about a great Columbia company called Diverse. So 3D printing company, very innovative, probably one of the most successful pivots I've ever seen where they were first doing 3D printing of face shields during the height of the uh, pandemic when it started and there was a shortage, realized very quickly they could never keep up with demand on a 3D printing basis, had to figure out how to creatively scale up rapidly to an injection molding operation. What's cool about it too though is based on their unique creative capabilities, they not only designed a face shield that worked, They went neck up, really good-looking design, very comfortable, and so it took off like wildfire. You combine that with their scaled-up production, they are now selling hundreds of thousands all over the country from Columbia to some of the largest healthcare systems in America like Kaiser Permanente in California. So that just gives you a quick smattering of some of the exciting companies. And we have over 600 life science companies in this state that cover all those segments we were talking about. And I've only given you four or five examples, yeah. and you can see how distinct and different each one is.
0: Your mission at SEBIOS is to build, advance, and grow the life sciences industry. What are the challenges executing on that mission in July of, of 2020 and, and over the next six months?
1: No, it's a great question. And I would say some of the same challenges now were there before the pandemic as well. And, and I mean, just to start with what I'll call the lowest hanging fruit, even though we have over 600 life science companies in the state and a $12 billion economic impact that has been confirmed, you know, over 43,000 employees getting paid double the wage and it's the fastest growing segment. Most people don't know really what life sciences is. And don't even really know that the state has a life sciences industry in the way that they would intuitively think Well, we build a lot of cars, we build a lot of planes. So we've learned one challenge is just telling the story and making sure there's an awareness level and being a global marketing engine for South Carolina's life science story. And so that's why we work hand in glove with the Commerce Department, with the major regions across the state on their economic development efforts to bring some specialization so that when we travel around the world, taking advantage of and leveraging the fact that South Carolina continues to be number one in the country for foreign direct investment. There are so many companies around the world in life sciences that want to be in the US market because it is the largest market in the world and being FDA approved is considered the gold standard. So we see a huge opportunity if we can continue to demonstrate we have a thriving ecosystem here and a lot of great companies, research universities loaded with talent training programs major healthcare systems where they can pilot their their technologies and what have you we we become a terrific location in many cases where they can also do it a lot more cost effectively than in traditional centers that are known for this industry like boston or the west coast of the united states they're going to be a lot more expensive on an operating environment so you know one that that is a challenge i'd say another challenge to be very authentic is it's our greatest strength and our biggest challenge at the same time and that is workforce we are still trying to deepen the infrastructure from an education and training standpoint to deepen the talent pool and the expertise level in this industry we had to do the same thing when we converted from a textile economy 50 years ago and started moving into automotive The good news is we've got great templates in both automotive and aerospace, how over time in our technical college system and community college system, coursework started developing, certificate programs, even degrees. And then you get all the way to the point where Clemson University launches the first graduate automotive engineering programs in the country in a a PhD and a master's program. We need to do a lot of the same sort of things for this life sciences industry because we just don't quite have that infrastructure in place at the same level. So that's, those are probably two good ones to mention.
0: Given those challenges, what is your, your biggest ask? I don't know, maybe it's to the, to the, to the legislature, <laughs> the people of South Carolina. If you had a magic wand, what, you know, what would it be to help build, grow and advance life sciences even more over the next decade?
1: Well, I do appreciate that question. We need more fuel, bottom line. I, if, I, if I just give you straight up by the numbers, um, and we're so appreciative of our relationship. Again, we would not be where we are now as an organization that gets out of bed every day to facilitate and grow this, this organization without the support of the Commerce Department and industry, and, and the list goes on. And, and the good news, Alan, is it went from very small organization a few years ago. We we quadrupled revenue in three years, and so it sort of shows the momentum and the surge of industry getting involved. We we are well supported by our commerce department, you know, with a six-figure amount. But let me compare it with the state of North Carolina. Now, to be fair, North Carolina is to life sciences what we are to automotive, meaning they are one of the top yeah. pharmaceutical manufacturing states in the country. So you would expect them to do well. And we like having a big brother there that we can kind of learn from and they've got a great talent pool. Their legislature puts $13.6 million a year into my counterpart organization. So, you know, our entire budget is less than a million dollars here. So we have some ways to go to just pack more muscle on our strategies in order to grow that infrastructure and to, to frankly have more impactful programs. But we're at least, uh, well on our way. The momentum's good. The trajectory's good, but it's uh, it's an endless job.
0: Tell me just real quick about. I remember last October you had a, a conference. It's kind of one of your, your your flagship offering each year is to kind of put everybody together in in one place right. with the uh, the SC Bio conference. Tell me about um, 2020 and and when's the next time you're hoping to put together kind of a, another conference.
1: No, you, thank, thanks for that. Um, you know, so it is interesting. One of the the top things that we're charged to do is to convene the industry, connect the industry, create collaboration. and And, you know, phrases that in the past you didn't think twice about saying, we want to pack the house. Right now, packing the house is not the best idea. And we had to pivot like everybody and become incredibly virtual. Fortunately, just like you in this interview, we're able to do that very successfully, but there's still no substitution for, for bringing folks together. What we, for so for an organization that typically does over 50 gatherings a year, whether it's our big signature conference you're talking about, or a CEO roundtable, or a legislative reception, or a bio boot camp, you know, it's been interesting to not be able to physically bring people together. We have traditionally been in October. We I'm glad we made an early decision with the hope that we would have an in-person, at least hybrid conference, even if it's smaller with a lot of social distancing, safety measures, and has a lot of virtual elements. And we may Zoom in a number of keynote speakers from around the world that'll be on a big screen. So it's gonna be a little bit different than our normal, but we had shifted it to February 16 to 18 in Charleston at the Galliard Center. We're committed at this time to having an in-person conference, even though it will be more intimate and different. And we're obviously going to make sure all the safety measures are in place.